Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktena, and today we'll be expanding our explorations of the Akashics by taking a tour of the Lotus Pools. Most people working with the Akashics are focused on the Akashic Library and Soul Books. Whether this is to access information about themselves, about a client, or about subjects beyond themselves, it's all about questions to be answered and information retrieval. However, there's a great deal more to the Akashics than just the Akashic Library, as amazing, enormous, and complex as it is. For instance, in my Akashic Level 1 class, I introduce students to the Temple of Life, which is a living record about the entirety of our universe, what's beyond it, and all the living things existing. In my class, Find Your Calling in the Akashics, I introduce students to the fields of knowledge where mentors reside, who can help them explore what they came here in this lifetime to accomplish and become. I have podcasts about the Akashic City and examples of what it contains, about the Dolphin Room, which provides access to ocean totems, and I've written about the Hedge Maze, where secrets can be revealed without our even having to ask. Another such place is the Lotus Pools. This is an open area far from the Akashic City. As far as the eye can see, all is lush and green, with warm sunlight and air almost overly scented by flowers. At first, it can seem like simple wetlands, full of plants and nothing more. Trying to get a bird's-eye view or rise above to see the overall plan of things can be difficult, if not impossible. This place is meant to be walked, to be experienced directly and without rational distancing or defenses of the logical mind. Walking into the foliage, it's quickly apparent plants have grown to create separate areas or outdoor rooms where pools have formed, each pool filled with water plants, including lotuses. In the center of each pool is one grand lotus supporting a deity. In one is Ganesha, radiant in golden-toned skin, playing with his rat companion. In another room, green Tara hums, and the leaves dance in response. Another room contains Black Buddha, whose limbs swallow the light and yet emit energy and welcome. Shiva sits with all three of his eyes closed, dreaming the world. Red Tara fashions her arrows from the blossoms which bend to her hands and vibrates her will into being with her breath. Room after room, pool after pool, deities sit on their lotus platforms manifesting themselves and the world. Acres of divinity growing and being and becoming, so their breath becomes like the hum of honeybees in a clover field in summer. Some of you may recognize this place. It's not uncommon for people to be called to visit one or more deities during a meditation or dream and find themselves face-to-face in a lush garden with lotus and reeds around them. Sometimes they're in the water and other times just beside it. 
The deity may speak to them or not. The journey may just be about being in the presence of deity or to experience firsthand what the deity does in living form as compared to the symbols, teachings, or rituals which have come to be associated with them. There may be a lesson involved, a key piece of wisdom which needs to be imparted, or the deity might be responding to the person's fervent prayer. While most people discover the lotus pools through this kind of summoning, the pools are open to anyone who approaches respectfully with a humble attitude and a desire to learn. For my students, the easiest route is to go first to your Akashic room, set your intention to visit the pools in general or one specific deity in the pools, and then open the left-hand door. The exact location within the pools area where you arrive will depend on the intention you set and your need in the moment. Once at the pools, there are a number of ways to interact. Just to be in the presence of divinity is healing and expanding to the soul, so simply entering into a pool area and sitting near the edge can be more than enough. Becoming quiet and actively listening to everything around you will be enlightening, because the pool is not only the ecology, but also an extension of the deity. The types of plants growing around the edges, the sound of the leaves moving, the light on the water, are all a conversation and experience which reflects and is the deity. Having entered into the room, you will then become part of of the interaction. Aspects of yourself which resound with and are part of the deity in question will be called forth. Questions you didn't know you needed answered may rise to the surface. Asking them out loud is a sign of respect. While the deity may hear your thoughts because thought is communication in the Akashics, it's considered rude to require a deity to respond to something you can't bother to voice. Another way to connect with the deity is to enter into the pool. While they appear shallow, like mirror pools or koi ponds, they can be remarkably deep. In fact, may actually be oceans, which lead to untold depths of wisdom and self-knowledge. Wading into the pool of Kali will allow you to experience what it is to be fully empowered against the forces of negativity. Entering the pool of Ekendanta, the blue Ganesh, gives the student a full-body experience of what it means to stand firmly and yet nimbly against conceit and arrogance in the world. Whether wading, submerging, or diving into a pool— the experience is transformational and yet also relational. Pools are participating in the beingness of the divinity inhabiting them rather than providing some educational space for the student or other visitors. Connecting with the pool engages us as part of the beingness, activating and emphasizing this aspect of ourselves in new and focused ways. We therefore become part of the process, helping Shiva to dream the world into existence, providing abundance and manifestation encouragement with Lakshmi, bathing in the passionate love of Krishna. 
This can feel counterintuitive at times because we are both moving into the depths of ourselves, while at the same time seeing more broadly the motivations and struggles of humanity. The most profound means of interacting with the divine beings of the lotus pools is to merge directly with them. While for us as embodied souls this may seem violative, breaching personal boundaries, disrespecting the sovereignty of the divine, and so on, it is in fact how we as souls usually communicate. Merging with each other is the means by which souls commune, speaking intimately with each other by becoming intricately interconnected, maintaining self while becoming the other. While we're not able to fully engage in this matter while we're embodied, the deities provide us a means of doing so which is embodiment-friendly. The first step is to acknowledge and honor the deity. This can be done through the ritual specific to the deity, via our own particular spiritual practice, or as simple as bowing, genuflecting, or intoning namaste with hands in the prayer position. Often it is easier to just do what feels right and not overthink it, as your instincts are actually your soul communicating what is most appropriate in the moment. The next step is to receive acknowledgement from the deity. This might occur during or directly after. It might take what seems a bit of linear time. When the acknowledgement comes, it might seem as if everything comes into sharper focus, or like time stands still and you're being magnetically pulled towards the lotus blossom of the deity, or feel as if a conversation is happening in your head. It's rare that acknowledgement of some kind does not occur, even if it's a kind but firm negative. The acknowledgement will include either a question as to what your intentions are in communicating, or directions on what to do next. It might seem like responding in kind, focusing our thoughts so they can be heard like speech, is best, but unfortunately, most people struggle to be clear via this method. As embodied beings, we learn to focus our thoughts through speech and writing, hence journaling or Discussing things with someone else can bring insights we weren't able to access just by thinking things through. So, when you respond, say what you mean out loud. You'll save yourself and others a great deal of frustration, miscommunication, and confusion. Let the deity know you wish to merge if they haven't already suggested this to you. If they agree, then you will either be encouraged to walk to them or find yourself floating to them as if on a cloud or gentle breeze. Merging is simply a matter of walking forward as if they are a door or hallway to enter. There is no loss of self once merged with the deity. Most people note the deity they merge with transforms from a living, vibrant being into what resembles a mascot costume or a hollow statue. The person remains themselves, and yet finds they are looking outward at the world through the eye sockets of the deity. They are within the being, but not in control of, nor responsible for it. 
Being merged with the deity aligns your prana channel, the akashic flow or column where the chakras reside, with that of the deity. Thus, you will be filled with the vibrating flow, the akasha or life force of the deity, to perceive who they are and what they are being in the universe. Connecting with Red Tara in this way gives a visceral experience of peace as an active verb. She is peacing rather than advocating for peace. This is being peace in order to infuse the universe with the ability to achieve peace and the choice to be peaceful. While the concept of peace, the intellectual discussions about what peace is, how one would achieve it in a situation, and what the consequences of peace can be are all acknowledged within her. They are perceived as background to the active beingness of peacing. Once the process is complete, disconnecting with the deity usually occurs spontaneously. Think of the process a bit like a hug. It's both physical interaction and deep communication. Both parties are focused not only on receiving and giving, but on physical and social cues which ask us to go further, hold there, or be done. When it comes to interacting with deities, it is usually we who need to be done sooner rather than later, as we are living a finite existence where we can contain only so much concentrated divinity at any given time. The separation is usually as gentle as the merging, and may contain a bit of a check-in to see if the person is returned properly to their individual and whole state. This varies depending on the deity, some being more brusque or less emotionally engaged with embodied souls than others. Once the process is complete, and you've disengaged from the deity, vocalize your thanks and your intention to return to embodied life. You can then retrace your steps back to your Akashic room. For many students, their minds will be churning out questions even while they're still trying to take in all they experienced. It can be helpful to take a pause in your Akashic room before ending the meditation. Your animal guide will be there and can answer the questions which are occurring to you in the moment. You can also return to your Akashic room at any time after the event to ask them for clarity, insights, and whatever wisdom they have to impart. Working in the lotus pools is a means to explore a current relationship with a deity, or for devotees to deepen and strengthen their connection to the deity to whom they are dedicated. It is also a way to become acquainted with a deity you've heard about, but have not yet experienced in your own life. Within the loving and supportive energy of the Akashics, you can experience aspects of a deity which aren't commonly known or which resonate deeply with how you are living your current embodied life. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be taking a deep dive into spirit guides, how many we have, what roles they play, and how to work with them proactively. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to show it some love on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.